0: Welcome to Technado with Don Pizette, featuring cis Admin expert Don Pizzette, security specialist Daniel Lowry, and Peter.
1: Hello, and welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. I'm your host, Peter Van Rysdam, and I am joined today by elite hockey player Don Pizzette. <laughs> Don, how are you today?
2: I am doing great. I got my. Got my Charlestown Chiefs jersey on because yeah. it's it's the holidays, trying to relax, have some fun. Uh, so it's but not Halloween. That's not that holiday. <laughs> it's not that holiday, but no. uh, it's cold. Well, it, of. it's cold it's other cold. places. It's, it's Florida not cold. Yeah, We've had Florida some cold before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, you know, as we wind down the year, we actually have some really good news articles because there's a lot of stuff happening this week for some strange reason. I guess people trying to get some work in right here before the end of the year. So I'm looking forward to covering that. Oh, we are supposed to be getting work done this week still? Uh, some people, yes. I thought we were already oh, kind of yeah. checked out.
1: Go ahead and put that on your calendar. <laughs> yeah, I will for next week. All right, we've got Daniel here as well. Daniel, how's it going?
3: Hey, hey, just uh, contemplating the availability and uh, proliferation of scabies in Nevada for some strange reason. Sure, it? yeah. yeah. Uh, inside jokes go oh. well. Uh, <laughs> I love leaving people with like, what the yeah. hell are, are they, they talking about? So I must not out? have listened to last week's
1: episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a cliffhanger. Yeah. All right, and we are joined today by our special guest. We have Emmanuel from, uh who's the founder of Theta. And welcome. Do I say theta or theta theta dot? We were just discussing no. there's a period.
0: Nah, theta is fine. <laughs> Leave theta. I just say it
1: like at, as it's the end of a sentence. I say he's joining us yes. from theta.
0: And that's how it should be. And, and that's, that's how it is. It is. <laughs> it's the end. It's the period. Yes. <laughs> so alpha thank omega. Yeah.
1: thank you. Yeah, thank you, the alpha, the omega. No, it's the theta. theta, is theta. You can't, theta. You can't theta. have it theta. both there ways. It <laughs> All right, well, uh, let's go ahead and jump in with our first segment, get to know you a little bit more, Emanuel, in our first segment, which is rapid-fire
2: questions. Who do you work for? What's
3: new? Who are you? What's happening? What's wrong with you?
2: All right, Emmanuel. in this segment, we are going to rapidly fire questions at you. You'll see a little timer appear on the right side of your screen. You'll have approximately one minute to answer each question. If you take too long, Peter will buzz you. <clears throat> And I feel like he's in the buzzing mood today. So be ready. Uh, we're gonna rotate around through the host asking questions and our first one is coming at you from Peter. See, now I'm worried about how to ask this one, but can you give us an overview
1: of theta dot question mark? <laughs>
0: <laughs> did I do, right, do it so, right? Uh, did I say that right? Yeah. yeah, you did it perfectly. Uh so uh theta is a um a hub zone digital and management firm based in Baltimore, Maryland, trying to create a world where tech works for everybody. Um you know, my firm. We take pride in being at the intersection of innovation and technology, but also intersection of technology and its impact on the world. And we think that our position at these uh, unique intersections lets us solve unique problems and give unique solutions to very difficult problems. So, yeah, that is it. You say that we are.
2: All right, now Emmanuel, I know you have a background as a system admin and an engineer. It's actually very similar to my background, uh, and you've you've founded a company. So about seven years ago, I co-founded a company called IT Pro TV, and I, I know why I did it, which is I was suckered into it by a friend. I'm curious <laughs> why you did it. Why, why did you choose to go into business for yourself?
0: Oh man, uh, I don't know if I let me try and put it into a tight minute. Um, honestly, I was tired of um, seeing services, specifically. Um, in the government sector, but also the commercial sector as well. Uh, Digital products and digital services being provided that didn't have everybody in mind. Um, That didn't really speak to the aspects of the needs of someone in where I am or in West Virginia or wherever you are in the world or wherever you are in this country specifically. Um, It it just really personally has a few experiences in, in the work field and also buying products. Uh, I don't want to name anything to get anybody in trouble, but there was one product that always sticks in mind that, like, I bought this. I could clearly tell it wasn't meant for me or that I wasn't part of their use cases when they were testing this particular product. And seeing that in the commercial field, seeing it in the government field, I was like, well, this is a problem that someone needs to come and be cognizant of when they try to build software. And uh, that's what made me start data. Well,
3: there's always a problem out there, and somebody out there is going to go, I'm going to fix this. Now, that being said, uh, you describe yourself as a technologist and say that the industry uh, lacks true representation of technologists or a representative of more diversity. Yeah. Now, I obviously understand what that means, sure. but I want to make sure <laughs> that you understand what that means. And uh, why don't you go ahead and describe what that means?
0: Well, interesting enough, and I I, 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 pre- I forgot the first question. So cool. Uh, the second question, which can lead the third question. Um, and I'll say one of the products. Um, you know, um, building something that works for everybody that's representative of everyone means keeping everyone in mind when you're building your product. The product that came to my mind that I was speaking before was particularly, uh, it sounds so childish when I say it, but it was my, uh, my Xbox. It was my Xbox one I bought back in 2015. They were selling them with the, uh, a lot of the biometric uh, facial recognition software, the Kinect. And um, I remember buying this piece uh, of hardware and trying to scan my face into the uh one of the games that was promising to be able to do that and uh it just didn't recognize my skin tone my beard my glasses it was it was it was a lot of struggles going on um and while me i'm a, at this point you know assistant engineer working in, in the factory tech sector it's not a big deal to me it sort of was still a big deal. because I thought about, like, all right, what about the 16-year-old kid that's working at Target, you know, saving their, 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 their hourly rate to go buy this for themselves? You know, at, at home, they don't have the same type of access to funds that just, you know, piss away like that. So, you know, technologists that are really paying attention to what it means to build digital products in a digital world for everybody uh, is what it means to have like a representative approach to being a technologist. And that's sort of what I mean when I'm really talking about it.
1: That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I've heard a lot, a lot of those about like products where. You know, people with accents can't talk to Alexa or, or things like mm-hmm. that. So yeah, they're just. So I specifically
3: will talk with an accent around my Alexa, so it doesn't know what the hell I'm saying. I practice
0: my really crappy British accent. With
2: <laughs> Russian. A Do a Russian accent. Doesn't understand a thing. Well, if, you, if you don't want your your voice assistant to recognize your voice, it's easy. You just use Siri. Yeah. There You go. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that what they made Cortana
1: for? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what exactly. All right. So uh, you seem to be really involved with the tech scene there in Baltimore. So I'm curious, is, is that kind of one of those new emerging uh, scenes? We're seeing a lot of those in different places around the country.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, uh, even just recently, I, I know like the the mayor of Baltimore City just announced that they're about to put like $35 million of rescue funds into getting broadband just across all the dead spots in the city. Um, you know, like that type of investment in in, in in internet and in tech is really going to make Baltimore city a hub for more tech companies i believe and so yeah no it's definitely become one of those places and i'm glad to be here as this uh city goes through its own tech renaissance
1: nice and finally your linkedin says that you are a superhero and i'm curious what your superpowers are
0: okay so (laughs) (laughs) it's really interesting right um I won't get too nerdy, but I think that my superpower would probably be something that has to do with intangibility um, because it's such a ambiguous power. But, you know, you know, intangible tangibility is sort of like the ethical, like things that you can't really measure. Um, you know, one of the things I always say is like, you know, my perseverance has allowed me and my persistence allowed me to like take things on the chin, you know, take punches and, and not really you know, that doesn't bother me too much of it not phase pass through me uh, in my personal and professional life. So like that type of intangibility to be able to phase through, uh, you know, the high and the darkness and also at the same time be present when needed, uh, I think is a superpower that has a lot of applications to my life. And so, yeah, I've thought about this a little bit. I don't know if telling <laughs> <not>. <laughs>
3: I mean, It sounds like Batman, essentially. Uh,
2: like no, no actual I power, was thinking but... Dr. Manhattan,
0: but... For, for a little
2: while, it sounded like his superpower so was... Was uh, was politics? He was like, you know, <laughs> it, 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 you can't describe it, 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 you can't see it, you can't feel it. And I'm like, oh that, that's politics. That's <laughs> uh, idea.
3: But,
1: just <laughs> it's funny because the the superhero thing that that was on LinkedIn that was funny, but that wasn't even the, the my favorite thing on your LinkedIn. It was like way down. I'm looking at you know your jobs, just kind of see your background. Like one of the first things uh, you did like tech support for the Amazon Kindle, and that was like. I don't know. It was very short. It was like a couple months because I'm sure you got there and were like, well, this product sucks. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm surprised that wasn't your (laughs) (laughs) example.
0: You said it not me. I did. I did.
1: There's a reason they're $30 on Prime Day. (laughs) And that is overpriced. They're pretty crappy. Yeah, they're pretty crappy. <laughs> All right, well, let's move on uh, and find out. You know, you seem like a happy guy, but there's there are things that, that piss everybody off. So let's find okay. out what grinds your gears.
0: You know what really grinds my gears? This Lindsay Lohan. You know what really grinds my gears? You, America. We now go to Peter
2: Gore. You Know What Really Grinds My Gears.
1: All right. So this one confused me a little bit at first. And so I want your help understanding it because uh, we talk a lot about in the tech world, about how things are disposable. Now phones are made to break after a certain amount of time. Uh, But what grinds your gears is uh, people building things to last and not to change. But I know you have an explanation that makes that make a little sense for us. So why don't you tell us?
0: Right. So, um, you know, it's always one of those things that we, that I say, or these phrases I say, people are like, huh? But, um, What I really mean when I'm saying that is that, you know, too often we're building uh, things that are meant to last in the sense that they're building it for the moment. They're building it like, hey, this new framework or this new hot piece of tech is um, for these needs and we're gonna build something using that. And that's cool and all, but you're technically building something that's meant to last in that moment that isn't adaptable, isn't able to be used uh, longer than this moment. And, and, and that's a problem because that's sort of bringing a lot of the churn that we're seeing rather than the actual change in, this, change in this field. Too often we're spending time churning, just trying to keep things alive because we made really, uh, I won't say bad, but very uh, interesting <laughs> decisions at the, at the genesis of projects that sort of keep you stuck in this moment. So when we say that, what we're really mean is that we want things to be built as agnostically as possible. Um, you know, I'm a believer. I, I um, have a hoodie on right now, but I have like a, a Tux, the Linux N-Wing, uh tattooed on my, on my bicep here. But I'm a believer in like the Unix philosophy. Like, I, I take it very seriously. I do believe in like a software tools philosophy because I believe that if you're building really, you know, a software with the intention of doing very specific things really well and with scale and modularity in mind, uh, I believe that you can, Build literally anything, and so what? What's grinding my gears? That people are building things like, "Hey, this really cool JavaScript framework is what I'm going to build, and I'm going to throw it everywhere." And then yeah, it's cool and all, but then once the rest of the world moves on, you're stuck with a framework and a uh, that 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 no one else wants to support, <laughs> you know. And now you have a new software that's not helpful in the government space or even the commercial space where I'm expecting this thing to help. You do your job or create policy or whatever that's going to help me as a constituent um, and a person that lives in this country. So that's really what I'm talking about. Build your software as agnostically as possible. If you're taking a a more tools approach, what you do, at least I believe you'll do, is you end up building uh, Lego blocks. Or what I have to say, you end up building your own alphabet at that point. And at that point, if you have your whole alphabet of little tools, I can go write Shakespeare or whatever you want at that point. I can be, you know, Aaron Sorkin and I can do literally whatever you want at that point. I can write whatever for entertainment, whatever piece of software, whatever idea you have, you can do that. But you can only do that when you're building software to change and not to last. So that's really what I'm stressing. It's always one of the things that, when I say people are like, huh? And I like, so you get them conversing, you start like really breaking it down and really going into the weeds. And uh, a lot of the products we build, um, you know, are ideas that we have for, Solve a computer problems start there
2: you know let me uh, let me play devil's advocate on this one a little bit though because it, it, we, we see what you're describing especially with programming languages and, and frameworks you know that was uh, what fifteen twenty years ago, everybody was like, "Oh, you need you need Ruby on Rails. It's the amazing new oh thing." My God. Or, or you know, you progress further, you get different languages. Uh, you know, everybody was in love with JavaScript. You had you had no JS applications. Uh, Electron yeah. had its flash, and now here everybody's talking about Rust and Go, and so th- those languages are changing pretty rapidly. <laughs> and, and you're leaving behind all this technical debt, the, like like you described, right? So that that's all in line with what you're saying, but. Isn't part of that innovation though? Like people are just trying new things and and trying to put that out. So if we if we don't do that, if we don't try new things, like how, how do we successfully innovate?
0: Uh, see, I love innovation. I believe that we should constantly trying to innovate. But I'm really, I am really—I have a saying that I said out time to my friends is that the goal isn't to reinvent the wheel, it's to just change the materials that the wheel is being made out of. And so too often when I'm looking at some of these frameworks, I'm watching people, and again, I'm watching people build with some of these frameworks, literally the cloud in the cloud. And I'm like, what did you do by adding another abstract layer or adding another layer to actually solving your problem? So I have no problem with innovation. Uh, you know, some of the things that we believe that we're working on are very innovative, but they're also being made with the intention that hey, this is about as open, about as reusable, uh, uh, about as agnostic as possible. You know, you brought up Go and, and, and Rust. Like I'm betting on Go, but I mean, when you think about those two languages specifically, uh, like Rust, that's about the only language you could think of that is even remotely competitive to replacing C. You know, C's been here for like 50 some odd years now. Uh you outside of like Objective C and C plus plus, and even those are just very specific hyper-variants of C. You know, building something that was built to change like that, that at the end of the day, every other language is finding a way to go away and compile back to to do what you want to do is makes sense. You know, that, that, and that's what I mean, Like picking languages, picking frameworks that make sense, that are agnostic, that can be that I can take all your old debt and still bring new things and bring constant iteration change, you can do that with a language like Go, for instance. Can't really do that if I'm stuck with a JavaScript framework in the back. You see, it's like, it just depends on yeah. picking the right tool for the right situation. But part of that picking the right tool starts with understanding what you're trying to do and how far away from bare metal you have to get to actually do what you have to do anyway. I think and we see everyone's forgetting.
2: We see it with Similarly hardware, especially. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking of of consumer examples too, just like regular technologies, televisions, mm-hmm. right? Where you had this 20 or 30 year window between black and white televisions and color televisions, and then you had a 20 or 30 year window before going from standard color televisions to the 16 by 9 HD, right? The mm-hmm. 720p never really caught on, so then it went to the 1080. Uh, and now we have 4K TVs, right? So that that was a very short window of time, yeah, ten 8K years. TVs, don't we? Now they're pushing 8K TV. I haven't even finished upgrading my my <laughs> existing TVs. I haven't
0: got my 4K everywhere. So yeah. Well, I mean, is this <laughs> yeah. is this
3: reaching into what Emmanuel's talking about? Is if we had a television platform that was a little more open? Now I can take that 4K guts out, put 8K guts in. And now I have an AK TV. It as makes long me as think I'm of your laptop, Don. right? Like the framework, right. framework yeah. laptop. Yeah. Yeah. Don's got, yeah. Don's got that framework laptop. Because I was thinking at the beginning, of
1: this, well, this works for for the software side. Doesn't work for the hardware side. But but that framework laptop, you know, has the modules you can pop out, and so you know they're they're able to still sell you new things because <laughs> right. that's why they're doing this. Right. Because yeah. we can yeah. sell you the latest greatest right? thing. Yeah. But if they if they get you into their framework and then can sell the new processor that's faster, can sell the yeah. new uh, you know type of USB drive that comes out or. Something something that's that's pretty cool all right yeah. well that, that that's a good conversation it it? Is. <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean i can go for hours yeah uh, we can spend yeah. a whole episode yeah, but we do want to talk about i know you got something new that you guys have been working on an iot and uh data collection tool uh called brick which i mean i just want to know why it's named that but uh, can you tell us a little bit about Brickfrog?
0: <laughs> so project brick frog and i, I um, is a it's an edge collection platform that we're building, um, you know, and we ended up building specifically with uh, helping change energy culture in mind originally, but the novelty and the tool that we're building is that it's an edge collection platform that is sort of plug and play that. Any IOT device, any edge device, any data or anything, want to collect any information want to collect off that device can be collected and sent to a end that you want to do any type of data analysis on or, or doing understand. So that's why I was like, my conversation was going towards the edge and talking about hardware specifically is that that's where we're playing with those type of like software and, and pretty much computing problems in general we're trying to deal, deal with is a fact that we believe that uh we're moving closer to, closer to the edge every year. Uh, the cloud has hit peak cloud and so we're focusing there. And so uh, Project BrickFrog is a, product, is a product that we uh specifically built to say, hey, if I'm a, a a landlord, I think the landlord we had in mind at the time was GSA with all their buildings. But if you have, you know, all these buildings in mind, and you have to worry about, you know, how am I using energy efficiently, or you know, can I move energy uh, my usage here or there, or which floor to do it? Like being have insight in your usage, and then your in your actual. Uh, uh your actual ener- your carbon and energy footprint was just an interesting idea so we said how can we get there well first we need to be able to read information at the edge and then from there we can start putting together building blocks of how to you know give you information about how you're using energy in this building here building well, blocks building yeah. yeah made, yeah. made out of frogs yeah <laughs> made <laughs> out of building little frogs, frogs. Yes. <laughs> makes sense. And go forth so little far. frog that will reduce
3: yeah. your carbon footprint as well if we build yeah. homes yeah out of deceased frogs. Well, or we can get the frogs, like, kinetic energy from jumping to, mm-hmm. like. Yeah, can create electricity. <laughs> we can We're that. problem solving it's right it's here. It's renewable. Yeah, it's renewable. Right here. Right at future. And I'll tell you right now, you just get a one good rainstorm. Them frogs will make new frogs real quick. <laughs>
0: disgusting so i don't think if you guys um animated uh cartoons but uh, adventure bros is where we got there's a character on there called brick Frog. all he does is he has one power he takes a block and he can throw it that's it <laughs> it's just one very simple silly power and my cto and i we love animated we love cartoons Rick Morty, how we all did you not we
1: pick did. that as your superpower <laughs> <laughs>
0: Because yeah. I have a little bit of politics.
1: That's you, a missed right? opportunity.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I was. Well, people, nah,
1: it, if people want to yeah. find out more about that or, or, or any of the things we've talked about, uh, theta-llc.com is that website. Um, so head over there and check it out. There's a lot of great information. I was looking at the blog a little bit earlier and uh, a lot of cool stuff on there as well. So, hey, Emmanuel, we, we really want to thank you for taking the time today and, and chatting with us and uh, helping us talk about some things we hadn't really talked about before.
0: No, I really appreciate you guys taking the time to speak with me. And uh, thanks so much for having me.
1: Sounds good. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and look at the news from this week that's coming up on TechNative with Dom Gazette right after this.
2: IT pros who want to learn on the go? The IT Pro TV Android app is for you. Now it's better than ever with the dashboard view built in. Easily resume viewing, see new courses as they're added, and track your hours viewed. Start up your next episode with the touch of a button to binge watch on the go. Track your progress at a glance and download episodes as an annual member for offline viewing. Access all IT Pro TV courses with a simple button. Choose landscape mode for larger viewing. Choose your course by category, certification or job role. Watch anywhere and pick up later on your favorite devices. So head to the App Store and download the IT Pro TV app.
1: Welcome back to Tech Nato with Don Pizzette. And thank you so much to Emmanuel for joining us uh, from Theta. Th- I'm sorry, from Theta. That's to be the end of the sentence. <laughs> you <laughs> you just use your it.
3: finger and just point. Yeah, Theta. Theta. <laughs> uh, but we do
1: have a lot of news to get to. I'm excited because we haven't had a tinfoil hat segment in a while and we've got one today um shoot we've got we've got someone getting pwned we've got Doe. we've got behind bart well all the good stuff uh but we're starting today with news out of uh the aws uh, reinvent uh conference which we're reading this on a day where the east region is down
2: is it really? <laughs> yeah, U.S. East 1. Yeah. Uh, is that, it's not still down, is it? Dude, I, gotta, I don't know. I well, got a server in U.S. East. I gotta,
3: <laughs>
1: yeah, I was having – I, I did have a question about that, actually, before, before we just dive into this. Isn't the whole point of cloud computing the redundancy that, oh, well, East went down, so – Only if yeah, you set fire up, that but
2: up, though. if you – are people putting all their stuff –
1: Yes. What, what, it, doesn't that so, defeat the whole purpose?
2: When you when you log into AWS and you've accessed that console the very first time, if you're here in the United States, it defaults to US East 1. And so if you just true. Stop, what? I oh. logged in the other day and it defaulted me to US West. And I'm like, why is this running so slow? Maybe because East 1 was down. <laughs> yeah. Maybe because it was. Yeah. Uh, there is no well, US no, East. No, because
3: <laughs> I had to go back and I was like, oh, it's set to Oregon. It needs to be in Virginia, okay. so all I right. set it to Virginia, and I was US East. A great instance.
2: Well, let me let me backtrack. Then for a long time, <laughs> it was that it defaulted US East one. Point is, it defaults to something, yeah, right? Yeah. And so, if you don't change that, all of your resources get created in one region, and there might be more than one zone in that region, but everything's going in one region. And so, like you said first, Daniel, you know, you got to build it right. If you build a multi-region deployment, these types of outages don't affect you. You're perfectly fine. Uh, it's not realistic to expect one region to stay online 100% of the time. So you're supposed to build the availability in yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And people don't. No, they do not. Because it's hard. There is that. And it can cost you money, right? Yep. So depending
3: on if you set it up incorrectly, you can all of a sudden be like, whoa, this scaled up big time, and I don't have the funds. <laughs> yeah. Maybe
1: we'll talk more about AWS outage when we know what happened, which we probably will by next week. But maybe it's because they were all busy doing this other stuff. Uh, so our first article is from uh, from their own blog. It says, use new Amazon EC2 M1 Mac instances to build and test apps for iPhone, iPad, Mac, Apple Watch, and Apple TV. So,
2: so basically they've got
1: like bare metal M1s that you can log on to and, and play with
2: yes and uh, we shouldn't say bare metal though because in this case they are virtualized running on top of actual Macs. Though, i did so. see the
3: amis when like yesterday i was creating an instance i was like
2: yeah oh yeah look at that there's those mac ones you know last year they announced the arm amis yeah. so you can do arm vms if you want and they introduced mac ones last year but they were still intel based mac uh and it has to run a mac hardware regardless because of apple software licensing policy so that's what's always made this kind of challenging well The M1s, they just came out last year, and AWS has been pretty fast to respond. So we now have M1 instances. If you are an app developer trying to compile things in Xcode, you have to do that on a Mac in order to submit to an App Store. Here's a chance for you to do it without actually paying the Mac Premium. It's kind of nice. AWS. Yeah.
3: Pretty cool stuff. Trying to give you options. I like it.
1: And the the other big news that came out of there, by the way, bare metal, I, I just said that not because that's what I thought, but I just wanted to show that I knew that word. Uh, I don't know what it means. But um, you didn't know the word. You, you just knew that knew that is the a word. term. Right, exactly. Not what the meaning of yeah, the term. Yeah, does I'm that coaching. data lake um, <laughs> happen in the Can you it in data lake? In the <laughs> S1 bucket or something? The yeah. S1
3: bucket. Is that a thing? That's a thing. S3.
1: Damn it. <laughs> All right. Well, close enough. That's the new, well, oh, they announced S1. Yeah, That's yeah. the new. That? <laughs> oh, they just took it down, you can't yeah, look at it. Up. Oh, damn it. <laughs> That's what took down USC. All right, uh, the next one is announcing preview of AWS Private 5G, which, wh- what is that? Now this oh.
3: sounded interesting, yeah. Don, because when I heard this it was like, hold on, can I spin up my own cellular network and then not have to
2: like share it with everybody? Thanks.
1: There's a lot of infrastructure that goes into to building a 5G network. I've seen the
2: commercials. Yeah. So, the, the short answer to Daniel's question is basically yes. Uh, you know, so Amazon has invested in a 5G network across the United States. Now, when I say they've invested in it, they haven't put up their own antennas yet, although they're talking about it. Yeah. They have been licensing bandwidth and space from the various carriers that are out there. They're also working on that crazy balloon internet and things that are they're all tapped into the 5G technology. So, for most of us, the idea of creating a network like that is way outside of our reach. But Amazon has found a way to subdivide up their network to where you can actually basically allocate it like an AWS service. You can go and create your own private 5G cellular network and use that for data transfers and and connectivity and stuff anywhere that they've got an antenna that they have under contract. So kind of neat that you can spin that up. Now, I kind of looked at this from two angles. Like you said, Daniel, one, it's really cool technology. Like, oh, I could have my own. If I create an IoT device that... I don't want it to have internet access, but I need it to communicate back to a central place. Like maybe I want to have an atomic time clock or something, right? right? Uh, I don't want that to have internet access, but I do want it to phone home to get accurate time. I could create my own 5G network on top of AWS with a couple of clicks of a mouse, and now I can deploy those IoT devices and connect up uh, and not have to like get SIM cards for everyone. You're issuing your own SIM cards at that point. Yeah. But the second thing I thought was, all the 5G conspiracy theories, like how much easier it will be for us to mind control people. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know. You know, my,
3: my test bed of rats has been so much easier since I got my 5G tower from AWS. Yeah. I will say they listen so much better. And I don't lose connectivity on the fringe of my network as they destroy people's homes and steal their children. And now
2: that your tests are done, you can allocate coverage all across the United States with the click of a button and push that out. Now, let's play devil's advocate here,
3: right? This is obviously (laughs) really cool. I've decided, yeah, I want to have control over my own mobile network. So when I looked into this, they were like, hey, okay, step one, you sign up for this thing, you pick your network coverage or whatever you need, and then they start sending you like towers, like mini towers and what? antennas. Oh, yeah, there's antennas, like physical hardware that has to be deployed, and then you start like allocating this thing and building this network. That said, why wouldn't I just get SIM cards and use something like VPN if I needed to do those things on already built infrastructure? Is it cheaper or what's the uh, advantage? So, it,
2: so it, it is a bit cheaper. Uh, you control the the like everything. area, the region. Like yeah. you pick where this is being deployed and where it's available. So you've got some control there. Uh, you don't have to deal with the FCC at all Ooh. because it, you know, Amazon's already done that. You're, you're using something Amazon already has allocated. Shit. So that's a big benefit. Uh, and if you've ever looked at like what Verizon or AT&T charges for this kind of stuff. It's big money. It is through the roof, and Ooh. you've got long contracts. AWS has always been about, you know, you, when you pay for what you're yeah. here. Yeah. yeah, so there's a lot of advantages okay. to it. I All like right. it. I'm in.
3: <laughs> He's buying right now. I know. Is there a prime delivery on <laughs> that paying antenna? Paying later. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, well, let's move on to our next article, which is uh, from one of our— It was a good segments. segue. <laughs>
3: yeah. Buy now, pay later. That's, see, that's what's yeah. doing. yeah. But now you ruined it. No.
1: Uh, <laughs> I think I made
3: it better. Dope. <laughs>
1: Faso Latino, so All right, this one comes to us from theregister.com. Microsoft adds buy now, pay later financing option to edge, and everyone hates it. Is <laughs> it because it's edge?
2: No, so it is the whole buy now, pay later thing, right? Which is, is almost the equivalent of like payday advance loans, yeah. right? When, when you're driving down the street and you see one of those paycheck advance places, do you think... Boy, that looks like a reputable business helping the community. You mean Wednesday night? <laughs> <laughs> you, you see those and you think, wow, there is somebody preying on people that uh, you know are, are yep. unprivileged. Or you're, you're tight on money. You go and you do a paycheck advance and they charge you 20% interest. Something ridiculous like that. So to see a company like Microsoft do it is kind of shocking and I didn't have time to look up what episode it was but last year we did an episode on the Opera web browser Opera was sold to a I believe it was like a Chinese investment company and Ever since they got it, they have turned Opera into like the seediest, oh, sleaziest yeah, yeah. web browser possible. They do paycheck advance loans in, in the browser. In right? the browser, yeah. yeah. Like you don't browse to a page; it's built into <laughs> the browser. An, it's like an add-in. <laughs> you can it can mine Bitcoin in the background, not for you, but for other people. Like oh. it has a ton of, of it things. That, botnet. Yeah. And and so we reported on that, and I talked yep. about how sleazy that was to do, and it really had no place being in a browser. And that's why the the former founder of Opera split off and created. Um, Oh, shoot. What's his browser called? Um, (laughs) Not Da Vinci. It's something like that, though. It's a music Vivaldi. There we go. Uh, So created the Vivaldi browser. Well, Microsoft, a company that is always neck and neck with Apple for being like the most valuable company in the world, obviously not hurting for cash, launching a buy now, pay later service like this, integrated into the browser has made a lot of people just flip the bird at edge and say, well, I'll go back to Chrome. I didn't have to flip the bird
3: to Edge because I don't use it. You never went there? <laughs> no. Yeah. A lot of people
2: already flipped that bird. But. Yeah. Now double birds. Two birds. You know, in, in the last year, just in the last 12 months, Microsoft has done wonders for, like, they, they ditched the Internet Explorer name. They brought in Edge. They adopted the Chrome engine. Edge is actually a really good browser right now. And it's almost like they're ready to squander what they've gained yeah. in the last 12 months with things like this and that CD business with changing your default web browser. Uh, and, and pushing being on you every time edge did, updates did the, did the edge project get a new like manager where it was like
3: i'm gonna make a name for myself and everybody's like please all stop the time so please, please stop yeah. sir stop don't don't do that no 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 what we need is a buy now pay later thing built into the browser it's gonna be awesome blow your mind and they're like, no, no, it won't believe mind. Shut up, ship it. Yeah. yeah. No yeah. credit, bad credit. Yeah. Edge. <laughs> edge. Well that's
1: what they need to do is, is remove the word Microsoft from the product name, probably. Yeah. Because you're right. If it's if it's a good product, but people are so you know, they associate it with Internet Explorer, they associate it with, with the problems that you mentioned with Edge, but if they've changed all that, like I don't know, rebrand it again, yeah. but get Microsoft yeah. no, out of it. I mean, no. you know,
2: I had switched to Chrome for many years, and uh, and I actually did switch back to Edge mostly last yeah. year when I'm on a Windows machine, not when I'm on other systems. But uh, I hate that yeah. you have to
3: type HTTP in this thinking you Edge do? browser. Yeah, you do. I so know. If I, so I do a lot of things you guys don't do, though. Feel Apparently like so, yeah, right? So. And like error. when I'm running things like my own web server. I can't just type an IP address. It goes, Bing cannot find that. I'm like, no shit. It's not there. <laughs> you, you're supposed to add HTTP. I'm not Bing searching this. Huh. I want you to add that. And it doesn't do it by default. And I have to type it in. Uh, and it's a real pain in the butt. Uh, Firefox Windows does not do that to me. Oh, well, you're on Firefox? <laughs> yeah, I still run Firefox. Yeah. I got to remember, Weirdo. in hacking world, Firefox is the preferred browser because of the things you can
1: do with I thought it. But you're a brave
2: guy. Uh, I like using Brave for like normal browsing. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 But Firefox is good if you don't, you know, care about speed <laughs> I don't look at yeah. all <laughs> I, I care about being able you to want act things things to render yeah, correctly yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> that's kind of the point for you I guess yeah, yeah. yeah. alright uh, I mentioned we've got some tinfoil hat time and it is about that time so let's uh, go ahead and get those hats on
3: the moon landing was fake Paul McCartney's been dead since 1966 dogs can't see color 5G causes syphilis do oh, you understand that <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah all right, this comes to us from the therecord.media. A mysterious threat actor is running hundreds of malicious Tor relays.
2: So I know we've talked about Tor before and, and, and Tor sites. What is a Tor relay to start? All right, so Tor is an entirely volunteer network. So people volunteer, contribute machines to build up the, the infrastructure. And there's really three main roles that a, a node will play when it's in Tor. So you've got your entry nodes, which are the, the systems you connect to from the internet. There's exit nodes, which is where you once you're anonymized, you exit Tor to access the real internet. And then there's relay nodes that sit in between because you're not allowed to go directly from an entry to an exit node. You have to pass through three. I uh, think. It's, it's three to get in and three to get out, right? So it's six total. Is that it? I believe it's six. So total. This is when like on yeah. um, uh, you know CSI, they're going.
1: Hold on, I, I bounced it off Belarus and yeah. <laughs> well, I
3: mean Cambodia. You can do that with Tor, and Tor will do that. But in those shows, it's like those were like compromised systems that they're bouncing through.
2: So, you know, that's the way the Tor works. And these are all volunteer machines. In theory, the traffic is fully encrypted. And so all these nodes that are sitting along the path can't interpret the traffic at all. And so it passes over nice and secure. Where the challenge bumps into, though, is the entry node is who you're encrypting your data and sending to. The entry node doesn't know the keys, it doesn't even know the exit node really because you have to pass through these relays to get over to the exit node. So the entry node doesn't know the exit node, the exit node doesn't know the entry node. So that in theory you are completely untrackable when you're in the onion router. Once you're when you're in there you're 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 safe. Well, a few years ago, uh, I, I'm trying to remember if you were with me, Peter. When we were at RSA, uh, I was talking with Joshua Pitts from Okta. Mm-hmm. And he had told me back then, And it, I mean, this was probably three years ago. He said, you got to watch out on Tor. We've, we've seen nation states injecting, like looking for file transfers over Tor and injecting data into the file transfers in real time. Like really sophisticated stuff. This was years ago. Well, now... Evidence is coming out that that is a real thing. That you know, this is certainly possible. A a threat actor, they don't know who it is. So we don't know if it's a nation state at this point. Right, it okay. could just be Daniel. But when we're talking about <laughs> the resources just, that this person has, probably. they have had up to nine hundred simultaneously running Tor relays at at a given point. So this is a lot of resources. It is. Almost guaranteed to be a nation state because it is them gaining visibility yeah. into Tor. It's an eccentric
3: billionaire. Everybody knows this. <laughs>
1: well, it could <laughs> be. <laughs> to give some context to that number, though, Don, it says that typically there are about nine to ten thousand, what uh, you call them nodes, and and so we're saying ten percent of those yeah. are run by this one person entity.
2: And it fluctuates, right? Because, sure. you know, they're they're not authenticating themselves. Like when you register a node with Tor, you have to provide some basic identification information right. or they don't let you do it, but it's not always checked. And so they're abusing that that part where it's not always checked to get as many in. So they've had up to 900, but sometimes it's much, much lower. Uh, I think at the time this article was written, they said there were about 128 or something like that. Uh, so, you know, it goes back and forth. But if they can... Basically take over your entry and your exit node, all of your security on Tor is now gone. Now they know exactly where you were going, where you came from, you, the, the data you were transmitting, because the, the encryption has been totally right. peeled off at that point. You're now
3: de-anonymized.
2: Yeah,
1: and yeah. I, don't, I don't do math, but <laughs> if, if someone owns 10% of those nodes, I mean, the chances of, of them getting the, the entry and the exit are... are pretty good well not pretty good but
2: well it, decent pretty i would say low enough on them getting the entry and the exit but at least getting one along the way mm-hmm. would would still reveal a lot of information about yourself you know they'd be able to start building fingerprints for identifying you in the right. future and, and correct me like if that. i'm wrong
3: but there are nations out there that do not allow you to just go wherever you like onto the interwebs and if they find out you're doing that this might be a way to unveil whether yeah. or not that that's yeah, you're and Tor
2: engaging. Yeah, is popular in, in those right. places. Yeah. I believe it's in in Iran that even connecting to Tor at all is illegal. Illegal. Yeah, then? yep. So any any kind of anonymization or VPN, if yeah. you're caught using it, doesn't matter what you're using it for. But if wow. you're caught using it, it is illegal. Yeah. And so they, it says they've they've ruled out academic research. Is that? I wonder how they did a- that.
1: As a. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's a that's a good
3: I mean point. I, I don't think well, it's academic research so but how do you rule that out? In the article was that they had used a uh, early in this discovery, right? That some of the earlier nodes that they had set up, uh they did use an email and it wasn't obfuscated in any way and they reused it to bring up later uh, additions. So they're kind of tracing the history of the thing and from that they were able to discover that the person that's been using that email is very vocal about Using Tor and as anti-Tor, and they're trying to bring the Tor down. Mm. This, this was the what the article was kind of alluding to. All right, so
2: oh, so it Maybe could more be an ex- of a hacktivist,
1: yeah. eccentric millionaire. Yeah, that's say, what that's what a saying. lot of money because we're talking. These are not virtual machines that right. you could set up, right? I mean, these are
2: yeah. What was the the guy yeah, the who uh, brought down Gawker? Um, oh, f- what was his name? Paul Hogan. Hulk, Hogan. Not, Hulk Hogan's friend, the <laughs> one who financed the lawsuit. Oh, Bubba the Love Sponge. The Love Sponge. No, I don't think they're friends anymore. But, Not anymore. Yeah. But there was the, the guy, I can't remember his name, but he, he was a billionaire and <laughs> he was upset and he wanted Th- to... Is it the PayPal
1: guy, Thies?
2: I don't know. It's John McAfee. <laughs> uh, uh, so, you know, he bankrolled that lawsuit and all to kind of target that company. So, I could yeah. see if, if you were a, a motivated billionaire right. and you wanted to target something like Tor, this would be one way to do it. it but would be one way
3: to do it. Yeah, Peter
2: Thiel. That's it, yes. It, it was yep. PayPal, right?
1: Yeah, Founder, of pa- co-founder of PayPal um, and the Founders Fund,
2: which sounds made up. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Almost... I co-founded a company. It's called the Co-Founders. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it's it's like George Costanza's, yeah.
1: the, the Human Fund. Human Money Fund. Money for people. All right. Uh, sticking with our, our um, fun themes today, our next one is a segment as well. Uh, we're going to find out who... It is that got pwned. And dang it, where's that button? It's one of these. Peter. It's Peter got pwned. Is it me? I uh, think I it's pwned on pwned? the
3: iPad. That's where the button okay. is. Okay, hold
1: on. No, it's not that. It's <laughs> not that. Seriously, have we not done Who Got Pwned in a long time?
3: Yeah. yeah I can, no,
2: I, we do it practically every week.
3: Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> we, could, <laughs> we literally could just make a Who know, Got I'm Pwned podcast. It,
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> Son of a... All right, well, I'll just play,
1: I'll play the tinfoil <laughs> hat one again things Why not? has been dead since 1966.
3: Dogs Maybe that's the like conspiracy. 5G causes
0: syphilis. Do you understand that?
1: My hair got turned just gone. Oh, there it is.
3: Looks like you're about to get pounded.
0: Fatality.
1: We can get an edited podcast. We're not going to, but we could. All right. Uh this one is from arstechnica.com ransomware attack on Planned Parenthood steals data of 400,000 patients. Hackers had access to Planned Parenthood's Los Angeles chapter for eight days. I was going to say it didn't sound like national if it was 400,000 but
2: but that's probably one of the bigger ones out out in in LA. Do we know how they got in? Uh, We do not. Well, so what they're putting out right now is this seems to be ransomware, Yeah. uh, that a a ransomware infection happened and files were exfiltrated and they don't really have a good handle on what was exfiltrated. And the the reason I wanted to highlight this one, because like you said, Daniel, somebody gets pwned every single day, it seems. And so it's not shocking that something like this happens. But in this case... We're talking about some of the most sensitive information possible. Uh, Planned Parenthood is a nonprofit organization here in the United States. Uh, Some people agree with what they're doing, their mission and purpose. Some people disagree with their mission and purpose. So it's a bit of a controversial organization, uh, but they are mostly funded by donations and government dollars. uh, So they are a subsidized industry. But that means they don't have a ton of money, and so they don't necessarily have the best of network security. But what they do have is some of the most sensitive medical records on the planet because they are a major abortion provider as well as birth control and other things. So they put out a a press release and a notification to people that might be affected stating that uh, on November 4th, they identified files that contained your name and one or more of the following information, address, insurance information, date of birth, and clinical information such as diagnosis, procedure, and or prescription information. Yeah. It's a worst case scenario. So, yeah, okay. this
3: is like uh, uh, the worst who got pwned. Well, they know everything. It's, it's blackmail material. Yeah. yeah, it could very much make these people targets for, yeah. you know. And, and you do violation. say that the organization itself, or at least that local chapter of it, might not have a lot of money. But as a
2: salesman once told me, I don't care what your budget is, I want it all. Yeah. Right. And and they have over 400,000 patients. Which yeah. is, is that not, seems like a bit. We're not talking about the hundreds of millions in the Equifax breach, right? right? right. But because we're talking about medical procedures of a controversial nature, th- this is is definitely blackmail material. Mm. So this is really you think, bad. You think maybe they're looking for specific people that might have. Mm. Frequented the, that establishment. I so I and maybe, maybe I'm being naive yeah. here, but I feel like a lot of these ransomware attacks are just spray and pray. Yeah. right. They don't know who they're going to hit. Agree. Yeah, and when they hit something like a hospital, to them, that's that's it's just, a, they gold a, mine. a gold mine. Like, gold like yeah. dollar signs, yeah. and so they they exfiltrate a little data or a lot, who knows? Just yeah. a, enough to be able to say that they did it, because then they can leverage that to get money. And I I'm kind of surprised we're hearing about this because I could totally see an organization like them paying the ransom just immediately to try and make it go away. Would they pay it or would technically the government and donors be paying well, it? Well, I guess that's it. it. Like, it they, they don't – yeah. Yeah. maybe that's why they can't. Yeah. Oh, they have to report possibly yeah. because of their funding status.
1: Yeah.
3: I mean,
2: yeah,
1: I mean, the, your, your head initially says hacktivism. You know, this is someone after, like, like I said, you know, someone specific or, yeah. you know, I don't like the the agenda of this organization, so I'm going to go after them. but. You're probably right, Don, that it is just, hey, I I hit one. What is this one? Oh, it's it's Planned Parenthood. Well,
3: I guess I'm going to get that money from them then. Yeah.
2: And for, yeah. for every one of those, there's like fifteen. Oh, this is ethel in tires. Yeah. Sunset Retirement Community, yeah. Florida. Yeah, you got
1: twelve customers. <laughs> yeah. And with and with something that's publicly funded like that, you can look and say, "Hey, you got this much in money last year, so yeah. I would like this much." And don't tell me you don't have it yeah. because
2: I can see it. And and they are doing that. Like remember, um, I don't remember. It was earlier this year we reported on where some of the ransomware gangs once they compromised a company, they would pull up the stock information and short sell the stock. Oh my gosh. And then nice. leak oh, to the news. Yeah. yeah, they would leak to yeah. the news that this happened so that the stock would go down and they'd make money. Yeah. So nice. Yeah. I mean,
1: how, how dare people take our, our stock exchange that is built on integrity <laughs> <laughs> and, and use it.
3: And just trust. For that. Yeah, uh, Yeah. it's yeah. horrible. Uh,
1: all right well uh we'll be interested to see if more comes out about uh, exactly what happened there or uh any other ramifications that that happen as a result of that one we will keep an eye on all right our next article is uh behind bars and i i spent half of the last segment looking for the intro for that one because uh, we haven't done that in a while so
3: here it is bad boys, bad boys, the view, the Break the law. And you'll go to jail. Unless you're rich. <laughs> 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 yeah, I assumed that went I mean, without yeah, saying uh, I didn't, I didn't put that in the intro. Throwing that disclaimer on there.
1: Uh, all right, <laughs> this one comes to us right from justice.gov. So this is the official uh, website for the United States Attorney's Office, Southern District of New York. Former employee of technology company charged with stealing confidential data and extorting company for ransom while posing as anonymous attacker. And I want to know, Don, how did you find me? <laughs>
2: yeah, well, uh, so this actually ties into a news article we reported on over the summer. Kind of looking back, I guess this could have been a déjà vu news in really? a way. But um, in this announcement, they withheld the name of the company, but it's it's kind of public knowledge. It's it's Ubiquity. Uh, oh, really? So Ubiquity like networks, the routers, yeah, the right. wireless. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So they're they're based out of Oregon or or somewhere in the Northwest, and they had a a, a breach where source code and other information was was exfiltrated from the company and at the time they were just saying little bits of information about it they were saying well you know it's we, we don't think any customers were compromised or ah, that code was old code and it and things like that and an anonymous tipster an insider a whistleblower came out and said oh no this is this is Armageddon. This is like the worst case scenario. They, all the private keys are out. They, they are screwed. Get away from Ubiquity, right? <laughs> and so when we reported on it back then, we I think at least I said this might be worse than we than we think, right? That Ubiquity might be withholding information, and so we just need to keep an eye on it. Well. I have kept an eye on it. And now we find out what's going on. And it turns out Ubiquity was not being the bad guy that they were kind of portrayed. Uh, they were withholding information because they were working with the Department of Justice because that whistleblower was not an honest to God hmm. whistleblower. Uh, so what we find in the Department of Justice's uh, uh, statement here, their release, is that it turns out It was a disgruntled insider employee. He was an employee that had trusted access to the source code and information. Every time. He was an engineer. (laughs) And he stole the information that he had access to and then pretending to be an outside hacker, then approached Ubiquity and said, I want $2 million or I'm going to release this source code. And so it it looked like a breach. It looked like the data was exfiltrated. How did someone get in? We still don't see them in the system. But it was this employee. And then when they weren't paying, he then... Created a third identity, which was the whistleblower, and said, "Oh no, this is really bad. You're trying to get the company to pay the two million dollars." Well, the the government, I believe it was the FBI, uh, was able to actually yeah. unravel a lot of this mystery, figure out what was going on, and he has now been arrested. So this turned out to be an inside job, and nice. just one actor, not not multiple. You, you know, it's funny Sharp. when we're
3: teaching security concepts at IT Pro TV and stuff that you always. Uh, get to that idea of what type of threat actors are out there. And when you hit on those insiders, you're like, this is the real danger right here because they already have a certain level of trust. Yeah, because you gave them the key. Yeah, you you trust them to not do bad things. And uh, sometimes that can that can be betrayed. And when it does, it's like the walls are falling down around you.
1: Well, the key is to not give access to the disgruntled employees. <laughs>
3: mm. The key is to not disgruntle your employees that have access to these things. You just have to get ask it. them before. Did, you I mean, historically, access. think about it. People get mad and they knee jerk reaction and do something dumb and now it's already done. You can't walk it back. Yeah, It, it happens. So, you know, if you start seeing people that aren't happy in their jobs, hey, What's up there, buddy? How can we make yeah. it
1: better? Sometimes you, yeah. you write a script to shave like uh, a percentage of a penny off of something, and you do it wrong. Right, and you move the decimal point, and all of a
3: sudden there's two hundred grand in your. I account. always miss some mundane detail
1: like yeah.
2: that. Yeah, oh, man. I, you know, I, I've heard of people like getting ticked off and, yeah. and throwing up the double birds and storming out the door. Right, like I, I can understand that, but, but trying to blackmail like the two million. million bucks yeah that that's a next level i think that's a little more than just oh this employee needed a hug <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah no <laughs> doubt yeah. what this, happened this to bob person, in finance yes. he retired yesterday you know what it was is he
3: had always been like man if i could just get two million dollars i'd i'd be sweet it'd be great and now they're pissing me off you yeah. know what i can do they got, two million, they got bucks. two million bucks yeah
2: i'm gonna get it from them right yeah. that's
3: that's how these things happen it's like man. just a storm of, of uh bad decision making and
2: that's right. Well, it says that uh, after the announcement, their valuation fell by 20%, uh, which amounted to about $4 billion in market Did cap. You say a billion with a B? Billion with a B. Man, they should have uh, paid that. should have paid Yeah. Should, no. should have given all employees $2 million and still <laughs> <Yeah>. been better <laughs> off. You know what? No one's
1: gruntled anymore.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Every now and then, if it's you got a big enough is. company, just really bonus the piss <laughs> out of your employees. Be like, we love y'all. Just here's a here's a love package for everybody of a few hundred thousand bucks. <laughs> and everybody's like, damn, this is a great place to work. I don't want to mess
1: this gig up. I, ju- I just looked it up to confirm. And gruntled, uh, the definition is, please, satisfied, or contented. There have you, you ever heard anyone say, like, Man, I'm so gruntled today. So
3: my daughter used to say, and she still does because I encourage it now, but she would say, Yesternight? right night. and everybody said like, it's not yesterday it's yesterday that is a legit term that used to get used really? and we just stopped it's using the night it from yesterday is right yesterday, yesterday and yesterday night were mm. like
1: she's the only kid talking about like fortnights and stuff yeah. in uh school they're not <laughs> yeah. not the game yeah. she's like no well just,
3: she just thought if yesterday no, is during smart. the day yesterday night must be last night and it turns out she was right and yeah. she was absolutely right i have never heard that yeah no. Stinking five year old figuring things out that I never knew.
1: Well, Don, are we getting two million dollar checks for the whole company? This or
3: we're not. Because I got trust inside, just network. Nah, right? I, I don't think we
2: have four billion dollars to lose. Yeah, no, either as a company know yet. So. Yeah, yeah, and I don't, I don't care if you guys are just going. Yeah, yeah <laughs> <us on> here. <laughs> like I, I got oh, that locked down. As was it? Oh, we know. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your uh, uh, what is it? The jelly of the month. Yeah.
3: Oh man! If this gonna, wasn't the biggest bed you ever <laughs> an RV is going to pull into your
1: yeah. front yard this this Christmas. Uh, all right, want to let you know about a couple things coming up. We've got a webinar today: the most in-demand IT jobs for 2022. It's only 2021, and we already know what those are: cashier, uh, <laughs> cashier.
0: Yeah, it, it's all it's all on iPads now. Yeah, so it. uh, kind of true.
1: Yeah, so we'll be we'll be looking out for that, and uh, that is with uh, Bridget uh, from. Our ACI learning um, family here and also with Ronnie Wong that's taking place today, Thursday, December 9th, 2 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, if you're listening to this after the fact, don't worry. Still head to itpro.tv slash webinars and you can register um, to see the archive version of that, which will be out uh, right afterwards. So. Uh, Be sure to check that out. Also want to let you know it's the 12 days of IT wrapping up this week. Uh, On Friday, December 10th, we're going to give away all of the items that we have unboxed so far, which have been some pretty awesome stuff. Uh, Yesterday we had the OMG cable um, that Daniel is scaring the crap out of people with here. Uh, the, right had, charging your phones, right? Had to put it under lock and key <laughs> here. We've got uh, I've got a stream decks, we've got a razor mouse, uh, the Raspi uh, embedded in the keyboard has been a big hit on YouTube. Uh, Rubik's Cube, I got a guy that 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 uh, comments every day. I, I commented first, you should pick me. we like, it's, okay. it's it's a random it's choice, a ran.
3: but oh, and then I'll... you wink at him, like, Ding. yeah, <laughs> for two million dollars, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you can buy, buy your own. a whole like <laughs> warehouse full of these things. Well, if
1: you want to win, uh, head over to itpro.tv/slash/12days and uh, and you can check all of those prizes out. You can also register. Um, for that as well all right and also take a moment and head over to technado.com. you can see all the latest episodes and you can subscribe there and you can send us uh, you know your feedback and things but you can also hit the big orange button in the corner that says sponsored by IT pro TV and you can get a 30% off coupon code for the lifetime of your personal membership you can also request a team trial and see all the great features available to teams from IT pro TV and uh, this is important Don uh, I can't believe I, I waited this long um, but we we had uh, Two three months ago, we asked for some Yo mama jokes um, for Don <laughs> Do we have some? Uh, for Don's mama,
2: and some really good
1: ones and came we got in. Some, oh. The best ones I've seen yet, and and I I like all of them. I like them all for different reasons. Um, so let's just go down. This is from Rusty. Um, Rusty S uh, sent this stuff in, and so we're going to send you a shirt, Rusty, for sure, and a sticker pack uh, from <laughs> Tornado. Uh, but the first one is uh, Don's mama is so fat. Schrodinger found her to be both inside and outside the box. <laughs>
3: I, I like thought that. that was pretty funny. That's it was a real thinker. Yeah, it's a real thinker. Yeah, that's, that's a good one
1: how how fat is she really and then this one this one's like a good tech one uh don's mama is so fat he took a picture of her and had to reformat his sd card to ntfs because it was over four gigs <laughs>
3: i feel like there was like that is f- techy as hell right there. yeah i feel like uh, a, what, what's the other four? is it like a fat isn't there a f- too yeah, yeah like i feel like there's
1: yeah. some way you could have worked the word fat too, in there too fat for that yeah. yeah yeah
3: yeah uh well you needed a larger file size you see of uh, the anti oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: I just feel like it could have worked that word yeah. somehow. Gotcha. gotcha. Uh, and then Don's mama is so fat that THX can't even surround her. <laughs> uh, surround sound,
2: THX. So. Oh, oh, is it funnier now that Peter explained it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
3: <laughs> well, I mean, he... Millennials are going, THX. See, but when I did it, it was funny. Yeah, he explained what Cause you're your not. TFS was. Yeah. Well, anyway, those are fantastic. <laughs> and,
1: you know... Just because we asked for him a couple months ago doesn't mean we will not accept <laughs>
3: jokes about Don's mother we
2: at are all any time. We're all about
3: rewarding comedic performance. Yeah. Absolutely. If if we make us laugh, if you make us laugh, we're all about it. Thank you, Rusty. Yeah. You are our hero. And thank Rusty Shackelford.
1: Yeah. Wait, that is who it is.
3: <laughs> is it really? Yeah, that's a fake name, right? Yes. Yeah, but it's, it's we got a really email. Oh, that's right. Yeah.
1: I knew I recognized it. Yeah, we've got a real email to send this t-shirt to, but Good. I hope that's real. It's yeah. uh, Don's, mom G- Wait, <laughs> Don's mom at Gmail. Wait, no, hold on. Don's mom at Gmail. I'll double check if that's right. But uh, yeah. Thank you, much. It's not Rusty.
3: a Gmail. It's a Yahoo, I think. <laughs> it's yeah. Don's mom at Yahoo. AOL. Yeah, well. AOL. Yeah. 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 She's still on the server.
1: All right. Well, thank you, everybody, for watching. And uh, we'll see you next week right here in TechNATO with Don Bizet.